I really loved uh, Cobra Kai. You know, the new season came out, season five. Yeah, yeah. On Netflix, and it was fantastic. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Did you watch it yet? Yeah, I right. finished it. And you can see that they're they are escalating each season, and I think they've given themselves one more step they can rationally take, and then they are I going. Mean, to... I feel like the show could have ended this season. Well, I think part of that is because Netflix is notorious about not giving shows more than two seasons. So one thing about um, Cobra Kai that people forget is that it was originally a YouTube Red show. Yeah, it was when... a YouTube original. Yeah, and the even the third season, which ended up premiering on Netflix, was made by YouTube. Like, YouTube financed it. So only season four and season five have actually been Netflix paid for productions. All right, well, I think we've covered Spy X Family. Do you want to, uh, you want to discuss uh, Cobra Kai as our free play topic? Because I will say this. This season was very good. I do have some problems with it. All right, so you know why I think this one's season was even better? His one name, Chosen. Chosen was hilarious. I, I think he's actually slipped into more of a Mr. Miyagi role than even Daniel. He definitely did. Karate Kid 2 was awesome. I actually like Karate Kid 2 more than the first Karate Kid, just because it seems like, I, I don't know, it just it seems like a better story first movie had the normal like teenage arc this one had more with mr miyagi going home to his village and having the you know his own drama and struggle daniel and kamiko daniel and chosen being rivals i i I think karate kid 2 was actually the best of the first three movies Mm -hmm. although i will say obviously terry silver was the best villain out of the first three movies because he was just like the like the most sleazy villainous guy i mean johnny was a high school bully Johnny was the good guy. Oh, you're going to go with one of those arguments. Here's the thing. I always thought that Danny LaRusso was the good guy. And then I heard the explanation and was like, no, no, Danny was a little asshole. And Johnny was the good guy in this in this particular exchange. You keep that explanation in mind and go back I've, and watch the first one. And no, tell I've, me I've Danny seen, I've, I've seen that like escalated. Everybody's seen that like multi-million view YouTube video about how Daniel was the real bully. Danny escalated. He escalated every time. And Johnny almost always was acting in response to something Danny did. Maybe. But (laughs) I still, you know, Johnny was... You like rooting for the underdog. I get it. But I feel like Johnny's responses were always justified. Yeah, like when he was just going to beat the crap out of him with his friends. Just because he's sprayed a little water on him? Come on. This was after they had already had a couple of exchanges. So, you know, it was, it was, it was time to send a message. But that's beyond the point. We're, talk, we're talking about Cobra Kai. All right. So Cobra Kai Season 5, it's available on Netflix. You can binge it. You don't have to wait for multiple episodes to be released. And so it picked up, if you forgot, for Season 4, Priest was sent to jail. Terry Silver had taken over Cobra Kai. Tori who is the blonde Cobra Kai bad girl, won the female All-Valley competition, and Hawk, who had now joined Miyagi-Do, Miyagi-Fang, whichever thing you want to call it, is the male champion. But you find out that Terry Silver had bribed the judge so that Tori would beat Daniel LaRusso's daughter. By the way, who is the worst and most annoying character in Cobra Kai is is her? Samantha? Ah! 
She is the root cause. If you want to talk about, I can't say you're wrong. Like every every terrible decision she's made throughout all of the seasons leads to all the bad things that happen. I mean, Samantha's probably the worst, but she gets it honest because I I find Amanda Larusso to be an equally infuriating character. Oh, what's Uh, wrong with her? She's actually pretty solid. Her getting all pissed off this season about Danny LaRusso's obsession and she just wants to be sipping Mai Tais next to the pool. This is so out of character for you based on everything you've seen in the prior seasons. No, it's not actually because remember in all the prior seasons, she's constantly wanting them to stop with this karate obsession. You're just making things worse. Think about season four at the end when she talks to Tori right before the final with her daughter where she's like, look, you can win, she can win, I'm going to root for my daughter, but whatever, can we just be done with this after this, because we should just be done with this. Right, but the problem is her character makes so many heel turns on on that that philosophy of hers in this season. Like, one minute she's like, stop it, just, just stop, and the next minute she's like, do it, and then she's like, oh no, wait, Silva's, you know, not so bad, stop, and then she's like, yeah, we gotta kick his ass, let's call the cops, like, she she can't make up her fucking mind in this season, so... I find her equally infuriating in a lot of ways, but this season, I think a lot of the heel turns in the writing up until this season, I just found her infuriating because I don't like her as a person. <laughs> so. Oh, it's because like her, you think that uh, Daniel should have been with. Uh, literally Chris. anybody but her. Like I, the actress playing her, I don't necessarily have a problem with. I don't know that woman. I don't care, but she does an excellent job of portraying a rich yuppie Karen that I would not want to be around. <laughs> And I think that is her character. But Samantha LaRusso is the root. Like, going back to season she, one she when her and her cause. friends Joy rode on the car. Yeah, she is the root cause of most of the problems. Uh, Tori doesn't help, but Tori is a lot better, I think, overall this season. Tyler Park, that asshole, I hate him too. He's a terrible character. And, and I mean, Kyler is supposed to be a one-dimensional cardboard cutout character. There's a few of them. Moon, same kind of thing. She's just a useless character. Like... There's no depth to those particular characters. They exist only to, you know, be someone for one of the real characters to pretend to interact with in certain scenes. Yeah, you're right. Samantha LaRusso is the worst character. Um, To flip it, and I normally wouldn't say this, I think the best character this season might have been Robbie Keane. It's Chosen. 100% it's Chosen. Uh, chosen's, Chosen's not bad. Chosen's up there. He's... I'll put him at top three, that's for sure. And, and I'm kind of taking the adults out of it and talking more about the kids. Okay. All right. If we want to talk about the kids, I actually, from a performance standpoint, was it, um, is it Kenny, his name? Oh, yeah. He, he's the character I hated the most this season. But he was meant, like, I feel You're like he was. supposed to. He, the, the kid did a great job. Yeah, him. I think that's what I, I, and you could see, I think, um. I thought he was, his performance was really good, especially any time he was on screen with Robbie. Yeah. Just the um, because he had he was really palpably acting that sense of betrayal that he felt that yeah. Robbie had abandoned him. And given the backstory for the character, you know, where his father was in the military and was getting deployed all the time, and his older brother was now moved into juvie because he had gotten into trouble, you could definitely tell that they were going to try to put an undercurrent of abandonment into his life. 
and and it, and I think that's actually one of the things that you can see that I think Cobra Kai does really well is they're trying to show the destruction that can happen from parental abandonment. They went back all the way to Karate Kid 1 and they showed you that the reason Johnny was the way he was was because of his father had abandoned them, then his mother ended up passing well, well, away. And, and th- this is an interesting an interesting thing, but like Johnny and Danny are are two sides of that same coin too because Johnny is the the dad who just left and Danny is the dad who he's there but he's not really there. You know, he's so caught up in his own shit that he's really not doing a whole lot of parenting, which I think in the earlier seasons is is demonstrated best by Anthony LaRusso, who just is always in the computers doing his own thing. And him and uh, I think Amanda both are just the detached parents. Which is interesting because I think you're right, because when they go back, when they were showing how Samantha had been around enough years where she had interactions with Mr. Miyagi... And Daniel was still had Mr. Miyagi at those times. And she, you, the way she talks about how she grew up was very different. What they're clearly trying to show is that when Mr. Miyagi died, it kind of put Daniel into a rudderless position again. Yeah, he. it seems like he kind of just knuckled down, focused on the dealership, and wasn't doing a whole lot else. Like, Which is why there's a difference between the like the early years, Samantha, because she had that core, which is why she had karate and could do those things, versus what she became, which was a vapid teenager girl doing bad behavior, which was season one. And Anthony, in the early seasons, was the same way, where he was just a jerk about everything. He ordered, like, an Uber guy to come and wax on, wax off the cars. Yeah, I would would definitely, like, going all the way back to the beginning of your assertions, though, I I will agree with you that Samantha is probably the... I don't think there was any character development with her, to be honest. Like, they tried to show her character developing a couple of times, but she always regressed. I think Tori definitely had more character development than Samantha did. Oh, yeah, I mean, Tori was... I I didn't hate her by the end of it. I, I thought, you know... Okay, she's learned, she's grown. But Samantha, it's like, you're the same person. Like, and, and it's really demonstrated when Tori tells her the big secret about the match, you know? And what does she do? She immediately just starts trying to fight again. It's like, Sam, how many of these fights are you going to be the one that, that starts it? But thank goodness, Robbie and Miguel grew up a little because what did they do after that? They both looked at each other and they were like, do you have any idea what the hell's going on? No, man, I didn't know anything. Well, I love the um, the way Johnny did solve the problem in a very Johnny way, which is like, you know what? We just need to fight it out. <laughs> like, I mean, you're my age. Isn't that how we handled our shit out on the uh, out in the school? Occasionally, yeah. I don't think we ever had giant karate battles that destroyed half the school and and broke kids' backs or anything. But yeah, like you know, two kids had a problem in the playground. They had a quick fist fight. And that was the end of it. Usually they were playing together again the next day. I do like how um, Johnny's solution was to let them fight. And then he got really worried because they moved to the upper level and they were fighting around a railing again. And you could just see that it was like, oh, crap. One of these kids is going over the <laughs> over the rail. I need to get up there and actually stop it now. It's nice because I think both Robbie and Miguel both had issues with each other stemming from both of their relationships with Johnny and their jealousy of him. One of the core themes that I think Cobra Kai really hits home that a lot of shows don't is fathers and father figures, right? Karate Kid has always been, going back to the first movie, 
about a kid who needed a father. Daniel moved with his single mother all the way out to Cal into the valley from New Jersey, and he got Mr. Miyagi, who ended up becoming his father figure. And as you can see through Cobra Kai, the most influential person in his life for his entire life to the point where he's still beholden to the lessons he learned to this day. Johnny didn't have a father, made the same mistakes, and his growth arc, which I think really came to fruition in season five, was recognizing I was a bad dad. I need to make up for that with my both my kids. In this case, Robbie, who's his actual son, and Miguel, who I think will effectively become his stepson, but was his adopted son the way Mr. Miyagi had adopted Daniel in that mentor role and needed to bridge and fix the relationships he had with both of them as a father figure. John Kreese, his weakness is Johnny because Kreese views him as a son and the rejection of Kreese by Johnny hurts him to his core. Tori's character clearly is in a fatherless home with a sick mother and it's and sometimes people might think that it's kind of silly for the writers to keep falling back on that but i love that because that's been the theme of karate kid since day one when the first movie came out agree agree now we've done a lot of gushing and i agree that it's a it's a pretty pretty kick-ass season but there are some flaws some some problems i have with it so i'd like to i'd like to start with those oh yeah there's a lot of things that won't hold up to scrutiny like for instance why is Terry Silver getting arrested in the last episode? I still don't know. They do a throwaway line about how since Stingray changed his story that they would be arresting Terry Silver. And I was like, but if Stingray had basically admitted to perjury, it's not something you can immediately arrest the guy for. He made that testimony under duress. Yeah. I don't know if duress applies in this situation, but... But on that one, I can kind of suspend my disbelief. I, I have some actual issues with the writing itself um, that, that I felt like there were things that were wrong in this season. One, the whole reason to keep Tori Nichols in Cobra Kai when she, she didn't want to be in Cobra Kai was John Kreese. John Kreese was the character they didn't know what to do with this season. I don't think they knew what to do with him. And his arc was fucking stupid and ridiculous. And the I think the only reason they even put the arc in there was so that they could use him as the MacGuffin to keep Tori in Cobra Kai when Tori had no reason to continue to be in Cobra Kai. That whole dynamic was a mess. The thing at the end with Kreese doing the big breakout or whatever, that was stupid. It was sloppy. It was, a, it was messy. It didn't make sense. And this is probably my biggest issue with it, even though story-wise, I guess it's a little less of an issue. But the female martial artist from Korea that Silver hired was that basically was... a fucking Bond villain. Like, she didn't fit in the world at all. Yeah, I actually, in more than once, she went to the villain school of dictation because her tone and the way she delivered every single line. Yes. No, Mr. Lawrence, I expect you to die. Yeah, it was like a Bond villain. It was, yeah, that's it's a little silly. And her and all her like her her lackeys that got brought in, I'm like, including the one wearing an eye patch. You're trying to make this bigger and more. Did you appreciate the guy in the eye patch? Because I was like, really, they even have a guy in an eye patch. They even had a guy in an eye patch. It it was it was so jarring to bring them in, and that'd be my biggest issue. Like, I get that you're trying to make Terry Silver more of a threat, more um, 
imposing. He's the bigger problem. He's bigger and more dangerous than any of the previous villains that had to be dealt with from season to season. But like, you went full retard, <laughs> you know? I mean, the fights were good. The, the, the martial arts, the choreography, all that was cool. I even kind of liked this little side arc at the end where they they brought in uh, Stingray for one last hurrah, which was kind of cool. Yeah, because like, I'm not willing to beat up kids. Hold on. I can do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, I would say my biggest issue was I felt the crease arc that they did this season was extremely weak, not well written, not well thought out, didn't make a whole lot of sense. The Tory thing... Um, it it worked because of the crease arc, but still didn't seem all that convincing to me, I guess. And then, like I said, I, I guess the character's name is Kim Dion. Yeah, she's supposed to be the daughter of the master that they went and trained under in Korea. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's necessarily her fault or the, the direction that she received, but worst actor on the set. I think they were going for a kind of a old Japanese samurai movie villain vibe. Yeah, it was terrible. It didn't fit with the rest of the what was going on. And then the only other, and this is a minor complaint I have, the only other issue I have is usually whenever one of the, the kids just is doing truly horrible things, they get a bit of a comeuppance. And I don't feel like Kenny ever got his comeuppance. Kenny went way too far in terms of his revenge. He became the bully. I think that there's hopefully going to be a redemption arc. The question is for next season, right? If they do, you know, because they still haven't announced season six, but assuming they do season six, it looks like the storyline is going to be the world tournament where magically these two dojos will be the ones in the finals of the world tournament. Well, the scariest part of that is if that is the direction it goes, it's probably going to be Kim as the main big bad because, well, Silver's so, in prison now, so doesn't she take over the whole dojo? She would, but here's the thing. Do you, if you remember the flashbacks that they did when to when they uh, Silver and Crease were training at um, Kim's father's, Crease and her seemed to have a warm relationship with her as a child. Remember oh, so when, you think Crease is going to come back and be the big bad again? I think Crease is going to work with her. And we'll I hope not. Uh, this is the other thing that annoyed me about the Crease arc. They set him up for redemption at the end of season four, and then they just, I don't know, scrapped it. They just scrapped it or something. No, I think the redemption arc is going to be Crease doing some kind of sacrifice for Johnny. Maybe. In fact, I think it's going to be saving him from Silver. Because I think Silver will get out. You think Silver's going to get off on uh, some sort of a... Yeah, I think... Well, I think that logistically, let's look at the charges they're going to level against him. They're going to say that he was the one responsible for assaulting Stingray. Which Stingray has now changed his story under oath. And then there's no physical evidence of it because he wiped the recording of it. His lawyers will eviscerate that, and they're not going to... Remember, Kreese couldn't get a lawyer, so he was complaining about, like, if he had a lawyer, he would have been fine. So Silver gets out of that. Here's the other thing that happened that night. Mike Barnes, Daniel LaRusso, and Johnny Lawrence broke into his house with the intent of assaulting him. Well, Mike Barnes and Johnny Lawrence did. Yeah, that's right. Daniel wasn't there. And Chosen. And Chosen. And Chosen. And Chosen, who got slashed in the back with the katana. I would say that, you know, what he will have is video of them breaking in and trying to beat him up. 
and then he'll cut off all the rest of it. So uh. I think Terry Silver is out, but he's still. But he's the issue is going to be he's not. You know, the people of Cobra Kai, the students, don't want to listen to him anymore. Well, and the fact that he was um, paying off a ref has come to light. Which I don't know is that really something that would like? How do you prosecute that? I don't know that that can be criminally prosecuted, but it may very well cost him his uh, ability to compete in the tournament. Yeah, it'll cost Silver, right? They'll, and Silver's now going to be a man with nothing to lose. I think I heard some uh, internet theories that Silver, that if you remember all season five, he's been talking about legacy, 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 mm-hmm. that Silver is perhaps terminally ill. Because remember, he was at the hospital when Johnny was there with his uh, girlfriend. Yeah, and, and they had no idea why. They figured he was probably selling uh, illegal black market organs or yeah. something. But I think if you fa- if you put in that he was at the hospital, the constant, I mean, constant talk with everybody he was running into about how Cobra Kai was going to be his legacy. That you think that he's would, got some kind of cancer or something? I think he's got something that's killing him. So he's now a man with nothing to lose at all. So I see, um, I see the redemption arc for Kreese being he ends up saving Johnny from Silver, making the sacrifice play, dying as a result. Maybe like you know that quick Silver move right to the chest. Kreese takes it and ends up like effing him up, killing him. I could see that. I could see that. And then he, and then although he, in reality that is very unlikely to kill you. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, he talked about it as being a move to just knock the wind out of you. Well, that's exactly what it is. It's a punch to the just below the sternum. Yep. I mean that that will knock the fucking wind out of you. But as far as like extra damage, no, it's just gonna take you a minute or two to catch your breath. Bear in mind, this is guy who's like able to probably break stone the way Tori did. Well, the other thing, oh, this is something I told my daughter too. I was like, do you see the way he's 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 you know stancing up for that? See how he's crossing his arms like that? Never do that in a fight ever. You're never supposed to cross your arms like that because what happens if you cross your arms? Well, someone else can now attack you and control both your arms with one of theirs. Like, you never cross your arms. I haven't been in enough like if you, uh, professional if, if you fights. you watch to... professional boxers even fighting, right? And they, and they block up. They turtle up to block those, those shots. You'll notice they never cross their arms to do it. You just, you just never cross your arms. Makes sense to me. But, I mean, uh, I get that they were trying to make it look really cool and be like, oh, look, and, and telegraph the move so we knew what was going to happen and everything. But I'm like, nah, nah, you don't do that. You never do that. <laughs> no, I agree. So that's my thought is in work. I mean, I, I you're right, because I don't see that there's much more for Kreese's character. The, what they're showing is that Kreese has two two people he views as his legacy, as his parenting role. And that's Johnny and Tori. Those are the two he's going to want to take care of, and he's not going to care about anybody else. I think that they'll probably have a storyline where Kumiko comes back with you know for Chosen, and they get together, which would be an interesting full circle arc for that story. Yeah, well, because she'll get the uh, the voicemail, and then she's going to show up because he he wished he'd have taken her with him, right? Isn't that what yep. he said? Yep. So and... she's going to come out there for him. And she's going to see that he's injured, and then they'll have their conversation where he admits that he's loved her their whole lives. And yeah. she'll she'll appreciate the man he's become, because remember, she's the one who brought Chosen back to see Daniel in season three. Yeah. 
which I thought was that was some of the best episodes of Cobra Kai was season three when he was in Okinawa because just for tying back I loved that they got the actual little girl actress who was the girl up in the tower that he rescued in Karate Kid 2 and they brought her back and it was her grown up it was the same actress yeah I, I think they did a lot right with that I don't know. I'm, I'm terribly, terribly biased because Karate Kid 2 was the best one, in my opinion. I think Karate Kid 3 was good, but Mike Barnes was a little bit of a cookie cutter, like villain. Like, it kind of. Johnny at least had more motivation for why he was going to do it. Like, because as you said, they had personal beef. Whereas Mike Barnes, being the bad boy of karate and at 17 being offered, like half of a dojo chain seemed kind of a weird vibe he was a lot more fun in this season (laughs) yeah mike barnes like i actually really i did like him and i liked how when they were all drunk in the party van mike barnes johnny lawrence and chosen were all like yeah let's go kick somebody's butt and daniel's like whoa because it's all the bad guys their first instinct to like yeah let's go attack (laughs) Yeah, let's go kick his ass. Let's go. Kick. And Daniel's like, no, 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 no. That's probably a bad idea to break into his house and do this. No, he's like, guys, this is stupid. And Chosen's like, yes, it is stupid. And that is why he will never expect it. <laughs> Chosen, he's like, I will be gasoline on this fire. <laughs> I also like when he's like, is that a Rembrandt in the last episode for Mike Barnes? He's like, yeah, I figured it's worth at least as much as my furniture store. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's cool. You know, grand yeah, theft. if they can peg that to Terry Silver, because they never really did say what happened there. They left that one really uh, vague. Yeah, clearly it was Terry Silver. I mean, it, it seems like it, yeah. But we never got any uh, confirmation of anything. Maybe it'll be the bad... Because it was bad writing, or if that was just because... So the only now that brings in mind the only question is going to be are they going to are the writers going to be somehow able to work in the next Karate Kid into the final season of Cobra Kai and have like Hillary Swank show up? I don't know if I care because I did think it was funny when um, Larusso's wife's cousin turned out to be um, Blake Lively's sister, the one who was the girl from Karate Kid Three. Yeah. Yeah. Which actually is like that makes perfect sense because now they they made it organic for how he met his wife and that worked and i did like when she's when they were at the bar and she was like he's got this problem with this guy terry silver and she's like whoa did you say it was terry silver <laughs> like, that guy was crazy let me tell you about what terry silver did to, to daniel like i was like finally someone who was there can acknowledge that yeah that was pretty good that was pretty good i will say my favorite character is still eli moskowitz hulk yeah like he's Honestly, I think he's one of the most what's what's the word consistent characters in the story, um, whose growth arc has followed the most natural progression. He had like his own hero's journey throughout the story, and you know the fact that he won the tournament was pretty awesome. This season's really good, and I've been enjoying the entire series. But like, I was straight cheering when Eli won, and it was probably the only one I gave a shit if he won or not. Yeah, I did like when. When Hawk actually did that, I think I like the interactions between him and um, Dimitri. Dimitri, yeah, his you know his friend, like the Dimitri's like, hey, we're st-, he's like we're still nerds, right? But even Dimitri is leveled up and can like take on the guys. Oh yeah, when they when they faced off against Kyler, and he's like, he's like, it's just Kyler, I'll kick his ass, and Dimitri's like, 
well, I've never kicked his ass. And he's like, you'll get your chance. Everybody does. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> Kyler's the only guy who's not actually leveling up. Yeah, because he, he hasn't changed at all. Which is, I think, a really, which, which is nice. It shows that, like, you're, the people who remain static are the ones who become left behind. Yep, yep. Definitely, definitely give it a thumbs up. I think it's 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 worth a watch. As I said, there are the things I have the complaints about, but all in all, uh, the season still holds. It does, and even like a weak Cobra Kai season is better than most other television. Ninety percent of the shit that they're shoveling onto the pile these days. Pretty much, pretty much. Which is why I'm glad to be able to talk about it because it's just fun to talk about things you like, and that's what I think we're gonna talk do a little more of. Yeah, yeah. See, we didn't even bring up She-Hulk once or any of that. Oh. Oops. It's terrible. But go watch Cobra Kai instead. I, I, here's the thing, right? Like, I would love to try and talk about She-Hulk or 900 of the other things that have shown up on Disney+, Plus, but I don't have Disney+, Plus and I don't care to get it. No. Nah. I haven't heard good things about any of them. And we'd have to start a separate channel if I were to start offering, like, critical reviews of shitty shows because like and you you know this even things that i really like i'll usually have several complaints about things that i thought were poorly executed imagine now if i had to watch something i really didn't like we'd be we'd be getting baller level on how Mm. much shit i'd have to point out We, we already do the long man content I think they just, just the other day, they did nine hours talking about episodes three and four of uh, Rings of Power. That nine show is, hours. That show is trash, too, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I haven't watched it. I've just uh, caught clips here and there and got the synopsises of each of the, the episodes, and I'm just like, this is hot garbage. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we covered a lot of good ground. It was another fun episode of the Ascendant Art Podcast, which at the for the time being is under new management with myself and Joey over there. So, yeah, and and we may we may mess a little with the format. We're gonna see what works. We're gonna try. Like, there may not be a whole lot of consistency from one week to the next while we figure everything out. The consistent thing is gonna be that we're just trying to be a fun place to hang out and chat about whatever. Yeah everybody's welcome we're a fun place for whoever wants to talk we're probably going to still try to have guests on it'll just be a little bit more of a looser format i've talked a lot about it uh in some of our episodes with comedians and people in into comedy that i loved opening anthony's uh show way back when because it was just a fun hang and that's what joe rogan kind of models his podcast on and that's what i've always kind of enjoyed content wise so it's kind of what i want to make and I think Joey's in the same kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. Fun hangout for whoever wants to. If we want to come in, we'll just let them talk. We'll ask questions. And it'll just be good times. So thanks for coming and watching the show. Hopefully, um, if you're catching this on the replay, you'll give a thumbs up. You'll share it. Cause, or like, subscribe, hit them, you know, smash that like button. All those good things YouTubers say. Yeah, just, you just go through the normal list of things that we're going to ask you to do that you're probably not going to do until we've asked you to do it about 15, 30, 400 times. Yep. We could just skip ahead to the part where you're a subscriber. It'd be awesome. Yeah, and if you listen on other podcast formats, like, subscribe on those. Uh, we're going to try to put audio podcast versions out as well. 
and hopefully everybody can just have a good time and enjoy our show going forward. But uh, thanks for coming out and listening. Okay, bye. Bye.